don't treat us differently. We're all the same people. We're humans. I know I respect if I'm treated the same as the male that's sitting beside me. I'll be much happier if I'm not being treated, oh, well, she's a girl. We got to be nicer to her. She might get upset if we say this to her. No, say it to me the same way you're going to say it to anyone else. I might be upset still. Then at least I'm the same as everyone else is. You're listening to Femcanic Garage, the podcast that features women in the automotive and motorsports industries. A community that elevates, empowers, and evolves by smashing stereotypes and breaking down barriers for women. I'm your host, Jamie Blossman. Buckle up for the ride, Femcanics. Hey ladies, it's time to put your badass boss babe hat on. Head over to femcanic.com's resource page and create your personal listing and your business listing if you have one of those too. No cost to you at all, just shameless self-promotion. Talent recruiters for jobs, radio, and TV gigs have leveraged this page to discover talent. Come on, ladies. It's time to get your self-promotion on. Remember, femcanic.com, resource tab at the top, and click the Yes, I'm a Badass Woman. The women of CarStar and Mako are in the driver's seat today. The parent company Driven Brands made it a priority during Women's History Month to spotlight some amazing women within their company. I met with the women representing CarStar first, And then you will hear from the featured women of Mako. They share some of their stories in the industry. Sit back and enjoy the ride. Hello, Femcanics. This is Jamie B. coming to you. And I have the ladies from Car Star with me today. How are you doing today, ladies? Amazing. Thank you so much for joining me today. So the three of you are on here. I know not all of you could join. So we want to give high fives to the ladies who are not able to join tonight. But why don't we start with Kristen and then we'll work our way across. Why don't you guys go ahead and introduce yourself? All right. Well, I'm I'm Kristen Buley, general manager of downtown Carstar Calgary. Been in the industry for about 13 years. Worked my way up from the CSR desk annoyed some technicians with some questions and uh, made my way through a couple of desks in the shop and to my passion of, of running the shop. Nice. Cynthia, do you want to go? My name is Cynthia Morse. I have been in the industry probably about 10 years. I'm an estimator for CarStar downtown. I started CSR as well and just kept working and pushing to, to do more. And I'm not done yet. Nice. <laughs> Joanne? I'm Joanne Moisen. Uh, I've been in the industry five years, just about. Started off in parts. Now I'm the senior repair processor, production manager. Nice. For those who may not know, I'll pick on you, Kristen. CarStar, what is it? Educate people. Who is CarStar? CarStar is a front runner in the automotive repair industry in Canada. We're nationwide, lots of shops all over. We're we're growing and expanding daily, essentially. Our franchise group, 
we've got 12 across Canada, six locally here in Calgary, and we're taking up some real estate, that's for sure. We push for number one quality and it shows in our people. Oh, I love it. Now, here's the million dollar question. When I read your guys' article that was published, I asked myself and got real curious, what drew you to the industry? And Joanna, I'm going to pick on you first. You said you've been in the industry for five years. So what did you do prior to being in the automotive industry? Healthcare. I was a nursing assistant for 30 years. What made you change? I needed a change. I did private care for the last 13 years. So I was looking for something different. And actually, I started out in a mechanic shop. Then I moved out to BC and thought, hmm, now what am I going to do? And there happened to be a, a shop down the street from me. So I went and I applied, and they said, yeah, we'll bring you on. So I was CSR, actually, for three weeks. And then I said, I can't do this. I can't sit at a desk. I'm not built that way. So then I went out to the parts and uh, did parts out there. Was there something specific that drew you to automotive or was it really just the proximity of the shop? It was more, I think, the proximity for sure. Uh But I wanted to stay something that keeps me active, right? Mm -hmm. Like sometimes being (laughs) production manager sitting at the computer can get me. At least, yeah, I can stand up where I'm at. Yeah tiptoe around but yeah if someone would have told you 10 years ago that you would be in the automotive industry would you have believed them absolutely my stepfather was a mechanic yeah so I was forever in his shop and and uh, putzing around in there so it yeah it's not something that would have surprised me you know Mm -hmm. so it's kind of like a coming back home for you almost kind of yeah it's uh, yeah nice and you know it's a whole caregiver thing right so I took care of people. Now I take care of cars. It's all the same, right? Yeah. 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 Cynthia, how about you? Now, you said you've been in the industry for 10 years. What attracted you to the industry? I honestly fell into it. I was working at a new car dealership and they had a position. So I went over there and I never left. I enjoy seeing the cars go in damaged and come back out looking much better. I've just always loved it. Now, Cynthia, you're an estimator, right? Yes. What is that like being a female estimator? I've interviewed female estimators before, and it's interesting to get their take versus when I talk to male estimators. Honestly, most of the time it's pretty good. Um, Once in a while you get the, oh, you're the one that's coming out with me. And then you say, yeah, I'm coming out with you. But most of the time it's pretty good. Those odd customers, it's it's a little difficult. Sometimes it happens. Now, I know that we had talked about where you may have to step away for mommy duty. And that's the beauty of being a woman, right? How many do you have? One, two? How many children do you have? I have two daughters. Two daughters. How old are they? Uh, 15 and 11. Oh, I have a 13-year-old daughter and a 10-year-old son. So they're fun ages and uh, God bless puberty. (laughs) (laughs) Woo-wee. Here, high five, sister. Kristen and Joanne, do you guys have kids? No, I I do not. I have fur fur kids. You have fur babies. Right on. Okay. Well, they certainly count because you just don't go to jail if you leave them alone. Leave them alone. This is true. (laughs) But it's still a necessity. Now, what about you, Kristen? You said, I believe you said 15 years in the industry now. 
What drew you to the industry? Well, I was bouncing around trying to figure out what I wanted to do with my life. I was in a little bit of a discovery zone, we'll say. And uh, my my grandpa has always brought me into cars. He's had all sorts of different cars, his Hudson's and Mustangs and a lot of fun. So I ended up seeing a posting for an automotive shop that had a CSR opening. And I thought, ah, why not? And it, it so happened that it, it didn't work out. I went somewhere else. I, I ventured around and saw another posting. And I went, you know what? I, I really liked that environment. I'm, I'm going to give it another go. Could have just been that shop, anything. So I went back and the environment was fantastic. I had technicians there that were answering my every question. And I, I loved the ever-evolving aspect of the job that you might be fixing an accident on the front of a vehicle repeatedly but no two accidents are truly exactly the same so the stimulation I was always learning something new even now there isn't a day that goes by that you're not going huh I didn't know that so it's the the industry itself it's always always growing and changing and that that really sparked something in me and the way i'm wired i can't i can't just sit stagnant so that's what really grabbed a hold of me is i love cars and always being busy well that's one thing there's no shortage of right is being busy in this industry yes is all 15 years with carstar no, actually, I've done a little bit with the competitor group, one with an independent body shops, personally owned, and then the last almost three years has been with Carstar. Nice. And what about you, Cynthia? I worked for dealership body shops for most of my career. Now I've been with Carstar for just over a year. Nice. And Joanne? No, I was with a competitor as well. And then when I moved back to Calgary, applied here. Sweets got on. What drew you guys to Carstar? Was it pay? Was it location? Was it the people? I would say pay, people, and location. For me, I was moving back from Ontario and I saw the listing. The opening was about 15 minutes away from what would be my house. It was going to be the Royal Oak location. Fantastic. And I moved back, ended up getting a temporary position at the downtown location until the Royal Oak location, brand new twinkly shop was going to be opened and didn't want to leave downtown. So it was the, the people, the initial was definitely those three, but it was the people that kept me. Let's be honest. No one goes to work for 40 hours a week for charity, <laughs> right? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, let's let's be honest. We all want to be paid fair wages for what we are providing. But I think that's well said, Kristen. The kicker there that keeps us there is the people for that. Absolutely. I want to talk a little bit about your experience as a female being in the industry as a whole. So it's not really about car star per se. It's really your experience as a female in the industry. Interviewed about 80 women. Uh, I've spent countless hours on private Facebook groups. And there are some really cool things that I've heard. And there's been some what I'll refer to as disappointing things that I have heard in the industry that Quite honestly, we have to have great 
companies hold the industry accountable and themselves accountable for taking that next step. And that's where it really needs to start. And the fact that your company made it a priority to feature you guys speaks volumes to me. And that's one of the reasons why I agreed to do this interview. I'm very particular with the companies that I promote. And quite honestly, I don't promote any hardly because I'd rather just not promote them because I'm very particular about I will not, one, you'll never hear a male voice on my podcast. There's only been two male voices that have shown up on my podcast, and those were the two fathers of the seven and eight-year-olds that I interviewed. And two, I will never promote a company that degrades women or does not make or understand the importance of women in the industry and what they bring to the industry. And the fact that they went and sought out a PR company to feature women and, and they have multiple. They're a parent company of multiple brands, not only with Carstar, but they did it with Mako as well. And that just spoke volumes to me. And that's why I agreed to go ahead and do this interview. So we'll start with you, Joanne. If you were to give feedback and coach a company to improve the overall environment, and again, I want to be clear on this. This isn't a reflection of Carstar. You guys have all been in the industry in multiple companies in your career. But based on what either you have personally experienced or peers of yours, other women you've known in the industry... If you were to give suggestions and pointers to a company to improve the experience for women in the industry, what suggestions and feedback and ideas would you give them? I have not had, well, that's not true. I have not had enough of a bad experience with any part of it to really warrant me saying this needs to be improved. Anything that I have brought forth has been addressed immediately and therefore a non-issue for Mm -hmm. me, right? So personally, I don't have anything to give in that respect because I've not experienced it in, in any way. What were some of the examples of feedback that you gave where they came back and just addressed it immediately? Because I think that's a great story to tell. Well, the whole glass fixing, right? I commented on that if I had the equipment, I could fix glass here instead of having to call in our, our sublet guy. And it was immediately put to me, all right, put together, uh, find out, let's have, see how much it is, and we'll get you what you need and get you going on it. So it's like, whoa, okay, that's cool. Yeah, so, I mean, it was immediate. My previous job in BC, yeah, things weren't great, but that that was a personal thing. That was the owner himself, and, and that's who he is, and that's just the way it was, so. And in that instant, I set him straight within the first three weeks. He won't speak to me that way. I will walk out the door and that's the end. And things changed for me there. And and there's something to be said for that, right? Reflecting on conversations that I've had with my 13-year-old daughter, where, and quite honestly, I'm still learning it and I'm 42 years old. I'm still learning and reminding myself that setting boundaries doesn't mean I'm a bitch. It doesn't. Society tends to paint women with that picture, that setting boundaries, grumpy, or it's that time of the month, when really it's the highest form of self-love that we have is setting those boundaries. And and it's not being nasty, like what you did, Joanne. It's, hey, no, I won't accept being spoken to this way. That's a great reminder to all of us. And then once you said that, And you set that boundary with him. It sounds like it actually got better. And there's nothing wrong with that. And we don't have to apologize. That's the other thing. Women do a lot. We apologize way too damn much. We don't need to. We don't need to. 
that we had no involvement in we're apologizing for right us, so. and, and yeah. i catch myself i don't know if you guys do but it's one of those things I'm trying to grow and all these things I'm like oh my god why am i apologizing stop it stop it james yeah. stop apologizing <laughs> it's not needed and so i'll catch myself and start trying to change the language that i'm using so cynthia you're up next what suggestions ideas and pointers based on your personal experience or maybe something you've heard from your peers or other women in the industry, where if a company's like, you know what, I want to create an inclusive environment where women feel welcomed here, what recommendations would you make? And maybe it's, hey, don't do this, but do this. This was an experience I had and it was awesome. Go ahead. I would say I've worked with a lot of males, obviously, in this industry. Just don't treat us differently. We're all the same people. We're humans, treat us all the same. And I know I respect if I'm treated the same as the male that's sitting beside me. I'll be much happier if I'm not being treated, oh, well, she's a girl. We got to be nicer to her. She might get upset if we say this to her. No, say it to me the same way you're going to say it to anyone else. I might be upset still, I'm not going to lie. But then at least I'm the same as everyone else is. If you would not go say it to one of the boys over there, you probably shouldn't say it to me. If you are perfectly comfortable saying whatever you're going to say to me as a woman, to Bill or Bob or Tom over there, it's free game, right? And it sounds interesting to say that, right? Because to be honest, shop talk, it can be pretty uh, lewd, right? Four-letter words, references to body parts seem to be irregular. I mean, if we're being open and honest about stuff, right? But I found that as a sound piece of advice because I get a lot of the, I'm afraid of a sexual harassment case, or I feel like I'm walking on eggshells because there's a woman here now, and I got to be careful what I say. No, you don't. You don't have to be careful at all what you say, because let's be honest, you ladies have been in the industry long enough, you got thick skin by now. There's probably not a lot that would offend you, but there still are boundaries, right? And it's as simple as if you wouldn't go over and rub Bob's shoulders, and if you wouldn't say what you're going to say, if you pause and ask yourself, would I say this to Tom or would he punch me in the face for saying X to him? Probably shouldn't say it to you as a woman. That's a general rule of thumb, right? If you would feel weird saying it, to your male coworker, you probably shouldn't say it to the female coworker. I mean, would you ladies agree or do you think that's kind of crazy talk? No, absolutely. Don't say that we won't curse because there's a lady in the room. I know women that could are sailors. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Some of us I'm women probably one of them. Like for absolutely. sure. Absolutely. That is the one thing that I despise is when they will censor themselves intentionally and then when called on it they will go well there's there's a lady in the room well i was the only lady in the room so i said where i don't <laughs> see her i don't see one can yeah. you please like don't censor the four letter words on my account yeah. and, and that's the thing like we don't ask that as women this isn't uh this mysterious thing to be feared having women in the industry as women we bring something to the table that men just can't and it's not that we're better or they're worse or they're better or we're worse. It's just different. And it can actually be kind of fun acknowledging the differences, right? Cynthia, was there anything else or any other recommendations that you would have for any of the companies out there that are like, hey, we need to get more women in our company because they bring something that the men just don't? I think, honestly, if we're treated the same, women like cars just as much as men do. 
Let's be real. I've been to a lot of car shows and it is not an all men event anymore. There's a lot of women's there. So just treat us the same and we'll keep coming because we still want to do it. Well said. Kristen, how about you? What suggestions, ideas, pointers, or tips? I would say I've experienced some of the most positive in the industry and I've experienced some of the most negative in the industry. I would honestly say that in order to properly weed out the negative, we have to empower those that are doing the positive. So where, where we're at right now, we need to recognize that there are people that are lifting up women in the industry. We need to be inclusive. We need to ask the same opinions of the women as we do of the men. And and like Cynthia said, don't don't treat them any different. Be aware of the differences and how the differences can complement each other, but don't treat one or the other different. And I think one of the hardest steps to go against is when you are treated different, so that when you're a woman and you make a mistake, perhaps the same mistake that a, a man would make. And it's seen as though, well, now we have to question if she knows what she's talking about. Now we have to we have to go back a step and we have to, that one mistake then, you know, we have to essentially look at, look at everybody on the equal playing field, knowing that they're gonna be able to, to do just the same. I love it. I'm just curious to hear some of your experience ever had that moment in your career where that particular situation could have gone one of two ways. It could have gone a very negative route, but the way that your manager or supervisor handled the situation, you felt so incredibly supported. Have you guys had an experience like that? Regularly. Can you give an example, Joanne? All I know is that my manager is constantly supporting me. If I do something wrong, I'm not being disciplined for it. I'm being taught what to do next and how to fix it and where to go. She just constantly is always trying to lift us up and make us better. It's not a matter of disciplining and shaking her fingers and you did that wrong. And Joanne, I um, I think I caught that. Uh, your manager is a female? Yes, my manager is Kristen. <laughs> okay, well done, Kristen. <laughs> well done. Cynthia, how about you? Honestly, here, I don't have any thoughts of not being supported. Like Joanne said, she's always making sure she's helping us and trying to give us as much information as she can, and even sometimes more than we need at that first second. Absolutely. (laughs) I have been at companies where I don't feel that way, where it's you feel like you're just speaking and not even being heard. It does get frustrating, but here I don't feel that. Like, I like coming to work because I feel better about coming to work. You feel appreciated here, for sure. I think there's something that I picked up in what you said, Cynthia, is that you feel heard. It sounds so simple. I I can't count how many women share with me. I will make a suggestion. No one will hear me. One of my peers will make the exact same suggestion. And it was the greatest idea ever. Uh And these women just say to me, all I want to do is just feel a part of the team and feel heard. That's it. And, you know, when you think about it being that simple, that's not a lot to ask. You know what I'm saying? Like, I want to be heard and considered. That's it. You don't have to use my idea, but I want to feel a part of the team. Like I matter and not that I'm insignificant or, you know, the ant over there. (laughs) That's disregarded, right? Yeah. It, It sounds crazy. 
What about you, Kristen? For myself, I mean, I think my superiors, even when I first came, we were owned by a different trio. And that was one of the things that really knocked me off my feet was when I came in, I was heard. I was the only female manager in the group. I had ideas. I had conversations that I wanted to have. And there was never a closed door. And the time that they spent just acknowledging, listening, and growing my potential career. When I came in, I wasn't the manager. I came in as the production manager with hope to promote. And they right away, they listened. They went, this is what you want. Okay, let's let's push it. In, in my other experiences where something could have gone absolutely sideways and I, I felt supported was when a co-worker of mine made a female comment, a derogatory that he could do as good or better than me if he had plastic surgery. And my manager stopped it right there, just put it right to the boots and supported me. And the behavior and the culture changed instantly because everybody knew comments like that were never allowed. So that's how I felt supported in that. It was a, an interesting moment, but I felt supported. Wow. I just got chills. Do you mind if we spend just a little more time on that? There's so much power in that, Kristen, because I think there's a lot of people and companies that overcomplicate how to change culture or how to ensure culture doesn't go sideways fast. And there are a lot of women who lose opportunities in this industry because they're a woman. Plain and simple. It's because they're a woman because they're afraid of, quote unquote, how the guys are going to be in the shop when she's around, right? So a lot of them think what's easiest is just don't hire the woman, even though she's more qualified, right? In these instances, more experienced, more, you name it, right? But this fear of a sexual harassment case or something like that, they're like, ah, I don't want to have to worry about that. So I just won't hire them. And that's the reality of it. That happens every day. I'm making an assumption here, but I'm assuming that that manager was a male. Yes. This is what I'm talking about, people. To drive change in this industry, it is not a female thing. It's a male thing. Our job as females is just to show up. That's our job. And kick ass and do the best we can, learn, continue to grow, to really change behaviors and environment and all of these things. It's the men that have to do it. And particularly in leadership roles. That is such a cool story, Kristen. Yeah, he spoke up and it was actually in front of many people. And it was not later. It wasn't a meeting. It was in that moment, a striking hand on the desk. And everybody knew from that moment forward that unacceptable behavior. And yeah, it was great to feel that level of support. And I feel that in the company that we're with now is absolutely the leaders that we have. Our director of operations is phenomenal. And I I truly feel that he will be a strong push in changing the industry. He's brought in two female managers, one of which couldn't join us today. And absolutely doesn't look at you different. He's going to give you a shit if you do bad and he's going to praise you if you do right. Doesn't matter who you are. Yeah. Yeah. As it should be. It's that simple. Can we give that gentleman kudos? What is his name? Oh, uh, his name is Alec Smales. And he's out in Ontario. Alec, you are a rock star and we need more of you in this industry. 
So call out to Alec. What a role model to all men, truly, in this industry. You want to know how to keep women in this industry? That. And what he did was so simple, Kristen. He didn't wait, stew on it or think about it or wait for you to have to go to him and say, hey, that made me feel uncomfortable. I don't agree with that or whatever the case may be. He just knew it wasn't right. And he handled it immediately with absolute confidence and certainty and didn't care if someone walked out the door. That is powerful. Powerful and it is so simple. That is so simple. It is. That's what keeps us in the industry and that's what keeps us pushing harder. Knowing that, you know, there's there's people that have our back. Forget the rest of them. We'll do better than them and they'll be out of a job. Wow. That's the good shit right there. That is the good shit. Now, just out of curiosity, how long ago was that, Kristen? Four years ago. Four and a half years ago. What if that would have went a different direction? Do you think you'd still be in this industry or here at Carstar? I think I would have because for probably would have been at a different shop. So time would have trickled slightly differently, but I think I would have stayed mm-hmm. in the industry because I loved what I did and I knew it was doing good. But you would have felt the need to maybe move locations. Absolutely. I would have cut and probably found a, a different leader to, to follow. That's for sure. Yeah. And that's an interesting thing to think about. How many people regularly, if they have to run into that situation, potentially have to think about moving locations? Oh, absolutely. And and I hear this regularly where women have to move bays, move shops, and it's typically the woman that has to move. The male just stays planted where he's at. And then the woman, you know, it's almost like she's punished. Like wouldn't have been that problem if she wasn't. Right. But that didn't happen. Your manager nipped that in the bud immediately. And then it was never a problem again. Period. Simple. So I want to ask each of you, as we kind of wrap this up, what you would recommend and what advice you would have for women in the industry or maybe young girls thinking about being in the industry. So maybe you can think of it this way. If you had a conversation with your younger self and you were thinking about going into this industry, what advice would you give your younger self? And Joanne, I'm going to start with you. I know you started in a different industry, but if you could give advice to women out there that are either considering coming into the industry or women that are already in the industry, what would you tell them? Be strong. Don't get intimidated that somebody might know more than you. Take it as a teaching moment learning moment and always strive to move forward. Don't be told that you can't do it because you're a female. I know some pretty strong women, physically, mentally. I know people look at me and think, oh my God, you're so tiny. Well, I used to lift people for a living. So yeah, don't be intimidated. Don't be bullied. And the best way to not be bullied, in your opinion, is? To fight back. To step up and say, no, I will not accept this. Yes. Cynthia, how about you? I'd say do what you love. And when people tell you you can't do it, just keep going because you're going to do it and you're going to be happy. And when you go home and you talk about it to your family or to your friends, you're going to feel good about yourself. It doesn't matter what someone said to you that day because they think you can't do it, but you're going to feel good and you're going to be excited to go back the next day. Just keep pushing through because eventually those are people that aren't going to last. You're going to last in the industry and you're going to be happy with what you're doing. Cynthia, what do your daughters think about you being in the automotive industry? They think it's one of the coolest things ever. (laughs) They break to their friends and tell them, oh, my mom, they like to tell them that their mom fixes cars. I have to fix that on a regular basis. I'm like, I don't fix the cars. (laughs) I just, I get them to the fixing point, but they like that mom does it. It helps them to 
because I tell them they can do whatever they want to do. I don't care what they want to do in the end. Just do something that they like. That's way cool. See, look at you. Your kid's bragging on you. It's cool as a mom, isn't it? Yeah, I, I know. I usually do it. <laughs> Kristen, how about you? What advice do you have for the next generation of women coming into the industry? Be prepared to learn. Own your insecurities. And it's okay to have them. But know that you're going to learn. You're going to grow. And walk with that confidence. Everyone's learning. Everyone's growing. No one's perfect. And truly set your boundaries. Know who you want to be and be that person. At the end of the day, you're the only one that can get you to that finish line. Don't be defensive when someone wants to take you under their wing. And don't beat yourself up if, heaven forbid, you make a mistake because everybody does. And you're only going to learn and grow from it. I love it. My final question for each of you ladies, who has been your inspiration in the industry? And I'll start with you, Kristen, and we'll work our way back. I would say our director of operations, uh, Sheldon, with his compassion and kindness and the way he teaches, absolutely. He is the people whisperer. He is very, very knowledgeable in the industry. So he's definitely an inspiration. I I would like to one day fill those shoes. Kristen, I'm totally stealing that people whisperer. (laughs) 100%. 100 percent he all day long he's very very good at what he does outstanding cynthia how about you probably the reason i stayed is i had an estimator when i was a csr who always told me to keep on going he's now retired but he was a nice guy i still talk to him once in a while like on social media can you share his name i like giving kudos when because what i like reminding people is the majority of women their mentors were men, right? Not all men are bad. Majority of men are amazing in this industry. And it takes those amazing men to put their thumb on the idiots, kind of like Alec did, and said, this bullshit ain't happening here, right? Those are the amazing men. And it takes those amazing men to kick the boot up the butt of the bad ones. (laughs) You know what I'm saying? Um, So I like giving kudos to those amazing men. What was his name? Uh, His name was Derek Bishop. Well, thank you, Derek. So you are still doing what you do because of his encouragement. Yeah, he was always so nice to me when I was like stressed out and he just kept telling me to keep going. So I just kept going. And sometimes it's really that simple, isn't it? Yeah. We just need a little encouragement. What about you, Joanne? Well, Kristen is mine right now. I mean, she certainly has my back no matter what. But overall, person that has gotten me as far as I've come today is my mom. You know, she was... One of the strongest women I've ever known. She raised 10 children virtually on her own. She worked nights so she could be home with her children during the day. Yeah, she is just probably my inspiration and always will be. I mean, she's a pretty amazing woman. So 10 kids? Woo, you go, girl. What is mom's name? Lucille. She has pants, but yeah, she's there for sure. She sounds like a beast. She was. Powerful woman. Wow. That's amazing. Yeah, so she's always my inspiration. She's always. When I was a child, it was, it doesn't matter what the teachers say. I know what you're capable of. You know what you're capable of. Go out and do it. Sounds like she's a tough cookie, but she didn't let you off the hook because she knew what you were capable of. Oh, yeah, for sure. 
she uh, would stand up and flex her arm and I'd be out the door. No, I'm not getting a piece of that, man. I'm out. <laughs> she would flex that. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> That would be done. I'm gone. Oh, man. That is outstanding. Ladies, thank you so much for being willing to sit down with me for a little bit and share your world with me. And uh, you guys work for an amazing company. And like I said, I did my homework. When they approached me and said, do you want to interview these women? I'm like, of course I love interviewing women, but I want to make sure that this company is who they say they are. And reading your guys's article, then doing some homework on the parent company, and I did a little bit more digging. The fact that they made it a priority to have a PR company feature the women of these companies, that says something to me. It's one thing to send an email within the company because you've come a long way, Right. And it's real easy as us women who are driven and achievers to not pause and do that. So I would encourage you, pat yourself on the back and give yourselves a hand. So cheers to you, ladies. Thank you for doing what you do. What you do is appreciated. And what I will tell you is some little girl somewhere sees you. You don't see her. But she sees you. There is a woman that I interviewed. She's a diesel mechanic, ironically, from Canada, as as all of you are. And she shared the story with me when I asked her, what made you get into this? Where did it start? What kind of started that fire? And she said she was riding the school bus. She looked out the window and she saw a female working on a car. I think it may have been maybe a diesel truck or something. And she saw it, and that image alone was enough for her to put in her young mind that that's possible. Because let's be honest, you don't see a lot of ads in women, not nearly like there is of men working on cars or estimators. You fill in the blank. Majority of the time, you will see an image or an ad with a female having a headset on. They're the call center. That's what you see in ads. And the, the man has the tools, and, you know, that image alone is what planted in her head that, hey, that is an option for me. And somewhere, you don't know it, but there's some little girl that sees you just that split second. It's in her mind to know what's possible. So keep showing up. Thank you for all that you're doing. I truly appreciate you guys taking the time to do this. My name is Joanne. I work for a car store downtown. I'm the production mon- manager and I'm a femcanic. I'm Cynthia. I work Carstar Downtown. I'm an estimator and I'm a femcanic. I'm Kristen, the general manager at Calgary Carstar Downtown, and I'm a femcanic. Hello, femcanics. This is Jamie B coming to you, and I have Kim on the line with me today. How are you doing today, Kim? I'm good, Jamie. How are you? I'm doing well. I was lucky enough to be reached out to by some folks to interview women from two main companies. It's Carstar and Mako, and you are representing it and holding it down for the Mako side of it. How about you go ahead and introduce yourself? Let's start with how long have you been in the industry and then how long you've been with Mako? 
My name is Kim Magara. I work currently at Mako that's located in Riviera Beach, Florida. I have been with Mako for a total of six years. Um, this is the second location I have been at. The first one was actually, which is no longer in business, was in Wellington, Florida. And I actually opened that location with previous owners there. And when they opened this one, I eventually came over here because it was more towards my expertise with my experience. Um, we have new, um, new management which they are a great family and your crew and everybody is gelling very well together. And I'm definitely very, very content. Perfect. Now, how long have you been in the industry? 22 years. 22 years. Half my life almost. What drew you to the industry? Do you always know you wanted to be in the automotive industry? Not completely. I grew up around it. My father tinkered around with cars, was a mechanic. He loved his Mustangs. I grew up around the car. It was always daddy's little girl when I was little. It started with, this is going to sound corny, Matchbox and Hot Wheels. And then it was, you know, I would watch and build the uh, model cars. And eventually I picked that up and would do that on the side too. Not nearly as great as he used to. And I tinkered around with the idea. And eventually I wanted to find a career. And I saw that there was a Ford dealership that was hiring for a parts driver. I got the job. I started as a parts driver and then eventually was, you know, working in Zan Counter and, you know, doing, and I ended up working at that Ford dealership for about eight and a half years before I moved. From there, I had moved to Rhode Island briefly for four. Eventually started working at a body shop and I was parts manager. So I started to make the crossover because I was good with numbers, was good with parts, stocking, stuff like that. Mechanical wasn't my niche. My niche was body. I always like to see process in between. I was constantly catching myself kind of walking over there, checking out cars, stuff like that. It was very interesting to me. And When I finally saw that in the be able to possibly learn and get on that side, I took it. I had great mentor at that shop, great people that taught me. And, you know, I learned parts management and I was doing it for the collision center as well as a rapid repair center that was at the actual dealership. It was actually an Inskip dealership. So they had 14 different car lines. And what I did was I learned their catalogs to the point that I was ordering the parts with their catalogs. They weren't, oh, let me look it up. Let me this, let me that. No, I was taking the classes, learning the classes with them. And I literally just shoot them an order and that was it. And then slowly start started to you know take in customers, little things here or there. I kind of learned it a little bit backwards because I learned the process of doing supplements for insurance companies before, you know, intakes. But it all ended up, you know, rounding out and helping. And then worked at a couple different shops here or there, learned a little bit more, started doing the estimating process a little bit further, getting still staying in parts for a while because it was my, you know, comfortable comfortable spot. But when I saw the opportunity for Mako, at first I was, I don't know, I'm like, that's a new shop. I've never worked at a new shop. Let me try this out because this is really what I want to do. My goal is to become an estimator. I was the first person interviewed, got the job. You know, I had some learning to do because it definitely is a different spectrum than you know dealership and typical family owns because there's lots of choices which is what I actually respect and like about Miko Sisters. You're educating your customers when they come in. A lot of them come in, they have their prices in their head, they have their opinion, but you're there to educate them and let them know. And every single person, you know, some will listen, some won't. But as long as I know that I gave them the best service that I can and at least put it out on the table, well, this is what we could do. This is, you know, what I would highly suggest. This is how this would look out. As long as I did that, then at least I don't feel I failed the customer. Because to me, a position like this, a lot of people are, well, you know, get the car, get the car. To me, it's 
provide that service to the customer. Make sure either way they are happy. It means more to me. It means more to me about, you know, getting a good, you know, Google rating, making sure they are happy, voicing, asking, you know, asking questions. And usually most, I have a very different approach and I've been told this by customers and a lot of different people. I have a very different approach than most locations. I definitely give a lot more information, whether good or bad, but I believe in giving somebody too much information than not enough. And most of the time when they're here, I mean, I've had a lot of people thank me. Women that have come in here crying because they've gone to places and then they're they're crying happy tears saying, you know, I went here and they told me $3,000 for this. And I'm like, $3,000 for what? You have a dent in your bumper. Oh, well, they said I need all these things repaired. You know, just I've seen, unfortunately, women being mistreated and other, you know, in the field, but not with Mako, just other spots that, you know, I've had people that have come here, you know, in a panic that I've, even today, I went outside underneath the car to put a clip on a, a shield that was hanging down. And they're looking at me like, I can't believe you did that. I said, why? To me, it's not a big deal. It's helping somebody out if I can. Obviously, you're bringing people in and you're doing what you can. But my personal main thing is to help the customer and do what I can to do great for the customer as well as the company, owners, you know, every everything on a whole. I love it. And we have Yvette that joined us. Welcome. How are you doing? Fine. How you doing? I am doing well. I'm doing well. And uh, welcome. And thank you for hopping on here. What we are doing right now, Kim had an opportunity to share with the listeners a little bit of her background. Uh, so if you want to introduce yourself, share what you do at Mako. And then I said, this is kind of a dance and I'll lead you through it. But if you want to go ahead and introduce yourself. Hi, everybody. My name is Yvette Delgado. I started with me almost nine years ago. I started in Texas on two different locations for each one. And then I moved to Jersey and I have been um, happy my last five months of with Mako. So I have been with Mako for my last nine years. Well, when I started with Mako, I really don't have no experience at all. Um, I came from another field, which was a real estate um, rental manager. And I did that for 20 years, so you can guess my age. I was there, so I moved to Texas, and then I had the opportunity of joining Mako, the big family of Mako. It was a challenge because initially in my first interview, all the odds was against me. One, because of my heavy accent. I understand him that I have to be clear with the customer, and sometimes they get distracted by my accent. But I convert that instead of something against me, I convert that kind of asset. How did you do that, Yvette? Just out of curiosity, there's a lot of people who purposely do not get into certain industries or certain roles for that exact fear. How did you turn that into an asset? Yeah, to be honest, I had that fear and I have to just be positive. To be honest, on this industry, you found root people, root customer. But I always said when you have customer, a root customer, I don't react with customer aggravation. I just smile. I love it. And there's there's a lot of truth to that, right? For sure. Some people have been sending me back to my country when I am um American, I'm Puerto Rican. So they say, oh, go back to your country. And I said, well, I would love to show you Puerto Rico. Yvette, what, what part of Puerto Rico are you from? Well, I born in, in Lares, Puerto Rico, which is a very a small town. You're kidding me. Are you serious? Yes, I'm from Lares. One of my super close friends, it, uh, her mother and her family are fr- from Lares. 
Matter of fact, her um, mother's boyfriend is currently living in Lades. What a small world. See, what you need to do with it is educate them. There's a lot of ignorant people in the world. Puerto Rico is a U.S. territory. <laughs> it's, that's ridiculous. So the only way I can convert that is uh, try to be nice. When I am nice, they feel, oh, I'm sorry for being rude. I'm sorry. I know that was not my best. Um, I, I say, it's okay. I understand. I, you know, everybody have a bad day, but let me start from the start. Let me explain to you. And they, they end up and love me and calling me. But yes, it's a lot of challenge. I start on, on Mako as an estimator. I didn't know the difference between a bumper and a hood. I know how to manage because I have been on that field managed. And I always say, well, like I said to the owner, just open the door because if I'm a good manager and I have been a good manager on other industry management is the same skill. The only thing that I have to learn is a new language. It's a new material. I can use my experience and behalf of your company. Just give me a break. Just out of curiosity, why the automotive industry? Was it the industry itself or was it the proximity of the location to where you live? What what kind of piqued your interest? I always say that what brought the attention to a maker is I like to be unique and I like challenge challenges. And when I don't know anything, I want to know. It's not like I don't get intimidated by don't know. As long as I open and I listen and I, I'm usually used to educate myself. Nobody told me, but I found out about Mako University. I did it by, by myself. And I can tell you uh, in a month, I uh, entered as, you know, as an entry level, as an estimator. And 30 days later, I was the manager. Continued growth. And I remember the first month I work from 7 o'clock in the morning into 11 o'clock. And I was salary. Everybody said, well, you know, you're wasting time. You're giving time to the owner. No, I was giving time for me because I need that and I need to do it fast. I cannot take a, a year to go from point A to point B. I need to do it faster. It's about learning. I'm very, very uh, passionate with Mako right now. I am um, office manager for one of the locations I'm working with. And beside that, I'm the uh, lead um, estimator. I have a question for both of you and we'll take turns here. Both of you have mentioned that your estimators may wear multiple hats, but what kind of reaction do you get from customers, and I'll start with you, Kim, and then Vet, I'll, I'll move over to you. When you walk out and they're like, okay, let's let's go do this, what kind of reaction do you get when they realize that you are the one that's doing the estimate? A lot of times they ask me, is there someone that can come and see the car? About half of them will see it's me. Half of them will ask if I'm getting somebody. And then when they realize that it's me, the ones, they're naturally just kind of go out because usually when they come in and I greet them, you know, I, I ask them a couple questions quick and then I'll have them look at the boards behind me just a little bit. But when they realize it's me, especially some gentlemen, they will get very startled. Oh, really? Well, I, I thought maybe I've heard quite a few times. I thought you were just a secretary. I thought you were just going to set somebody up with me. You sure there's not a gentleman here? I'm like, I can get a gentleman to come outside. I said, but you are here to, you know, have some, some things looked at for your vehicle. I said, if you are, I'm the person for that. I said, I could help you in either kind of way. I'm very, you know, this and that about it. And I've had many gentlemen that go out there still and they'll tell me exactly how to do it. And I just listen and nod and smile. There's always something that is missed. And I'm not saying that they don't know what they're saying. There's always something. 
and I wait for it, whether it's, oh, well, you know, this color is actually very difficult. Um, would you like to blend? Because I cannot guarantee it's good that this is, they'll kind of look at me a little bit. Oh, well, actually you want to blend on this panel, but you are aware that there is a dent here and there's actually a scratch at the end. So if you blend on this panel, you're not going to have any paint here. And then they'll kind of start looking around really confused. And then they smile and they're like, so this isn't, I'm like, no. It's not my first day. We'll say it's my second if you'd like, but it's definitely not my first rodeo. But I'd like to help you out so I make sure that what you truly want, you receive. And it's not assumed that you're getting it. I've still had some that have been very difficult. They end up becoming very friendly. I've had some that have definitely spoken out of term. And then I've stopped and listen, I'm not going to be disrespected. I'm not going to be talked to that way. If this is the way you're going to continue this conversation, this conversation's over. I'm going to respectfully say we're going to agree to disagree here and, you know, maybe we They'll usually stop. You know what? I was out of line. I'm sorry. Okay. Well, how can I actually help you? It's interesting because the women of Karsar mentioned the same thing. And it is a part of being in this industry. And we may have the greatest coworkers that help us. Even if we have great coworkers, we still have to deal with the customer. And to have companies that support, I don't know any other way of putting it, firing a customer for being that disrespectful. And quite honestly, it's sexual harassment. It is, right? When customers can be in that position to do that. And it's how empowered are we to protect ourselves and set boundaries, period, as women, right? Yvette, what has been your experience? Uh, And you had touched on the accent a little bit, but I guess once they get past that, Then there's, for some people, another challenge, the fact that you're a woman. Are there instances where they're kind of surprised that you're the one that's doing the estimating for them? Yes. It's like she mentioned before, you have all types of customers. You have the customer who are just surprised, but they don't mind you do the estimate. You have um, some customer feel that they just want a man to do that because women don't know anything. But for that kind of customer, I handle it different. I have good sense when I know when a customer is like that because I know how to look. Uh, I want to estimate. Yes, how can I help you? I say I want to estimate uh, where is the manager or who is uh, I'm looking for the guy. Mm -hmm. I'm not looking for a woman. I have been told that. But instead of me getting upset, I just, be honest with you, I just said, okay. I said, oh, no, it's no problem because usually always, I don't know, all the makers I have been working with, we have always a male who know to do the estimate. So what I usually do, if the person is not um, available, and I will say, well, can you have a seat? I just mm-hmm. grabbed my, my paper, my estimate sheet and I said could you please start uh, putting down your information until I get uh, one of my co-workers and he will be more than happy to uh, give you the estimate but when I go there I already told the, the other estimate this is how I, I just wanted to let you know I let him to handle that okay he handled it perfectly I have all the time that they say to me oh a woman I didn't know I'm a woman, but I do a good estimate. And let me say something. You know the advantage of you having me as an estimator? And I said, what? And I said, well, we pay attention to details. And I can see things that they don't see. And beside that, 
me, I say, estimate, I make sure your baby is in the good hands. So you be, you came to my daycare, you know, I will take care of the baby and I will keep you informed how the baby's doing. But I guarantee you that the male will not do that. And you know why we do that? Because we born being a mother and take care. And for me, probably my car is not that valuable. It's my house. But I understand when you bring your car over here, it's because... It's your baby. And if it's your baby, I take care of your baby. Sometimes you are not that lucky and sometimes you have rude, rude customer because I had it mm -hmm. in the past. But when you have uh, a good management support, it's good. But when you don't have it, I had suffering both of them. I have enjoyed management support, which I had it right now. On my nine years, this is the happiest time ever because he's a good owner. He listen, support me. He don't allow any customer to raise, True. just to raise the voice to me. I have customers that I gave an estimate. They don't like the estimate because they think that it's too high or they think that they can get better price with the guy because I don't know what I'm doing. The owner was there and he was raising the voice and I was trying to be nice with him. And he just grabbed the, the estimator at, you know, just out of my hand. And then he said to me, uh, do me a favor, go to that estimate, put an internal note that we would not do this job for him because of what he did. One week later, he came here. I recognize him, but I, I pretend to not recognize him. So I just sent a text to my boss. He is the guy. And I said, well, sir, I remember you. And you came the last time you came here. You was not the proper manners to uh, treat one of our professional estimators. And I really appreciate you think about us, but I really appreciate it if you take the business. Good for else. him. And that's how we make change in this industry. It is partnering and women and men locking arms together and drawing the line and setting healthy boundaries. I think he fired the customer and, you know, it sounds crazy, right? You sound that and you think that companies would cringe, but the companies I want to work with and for are the companies that understand the value of firing that type of customer that you fire one, but what you've gained is a loyal employee that is willing to go above and beyond for you because you guys feel supported and heard. And that speaks volumes, right? That's huge. I want to ask both of you, because I want to be cognizant of your guys' time. Uh, what excites you most about what you do? And Kim, I'll start with you. Try to find the easiest answer to it because there's quite a few things, to be honest. Um, obviously, I got into this end of the business because I like to always see the start and the finish, the in-between. They're here for whether it would be by choice or unfortunately an accident, which they don't want to be. So to see something, as I said, start to finish, something builds, whether it's, you know, the typical accident or someone, you know, freshening up their car or someone, you know, doing something extreme to a color change or someone doing something like converting a car, you know, is so awesome to just see all of that. And the face, the reaction, I always wait because I've had a couple of times I've come in, where is my car? And I'm like, well, you don't see the, the new car outside? And I'll, I'll actually have to, you know, they cannot figure out where their car is. And that's when I'm just like, well, I'm really excited about this now because now I'm really going to see, you know, the reaction. Because I usually let them, I tell them, you know, when you come in, the car's going to be out front. Go ahead, take a look. 
come in and come see me after. So they, because a lot of times they're always with somebody else. I like them to feel comfortable, be candid, you know. You can always tell by the initial reaction as soon as they walk in the door. What I'm but hearing you say, Kim, is that just the customer reaction is what excites you most. Now, I'm curious, Yvette, what, what excites yes. you most about the what it is that you do? It's many things, but I will start with the customer satisfaction. I like uh, to see when I gave um, a good product back to their hands. I always lower the expectation from my customers because at the end, I know um, I will meet their expectation. When you put your expectation too high at the beginning of an uh, of, uh, estimate or a sale, then you end up with a problem with the unsatisfied uh, customer uh, because you put too high the expectation. Also, I love educate customers. Not too much, not too little. Uh, when you talk too much, you, they go bored because they don't want to, come on, give me the price or no, come on, I don't know anything. But um, I know um, what, how much educated is a customer that came through the door. So I, I love just to switch from I love one it. level to That's another. great advice. I guess to, to wrap things up, in a few sentences, Kim, what's your parting advice to uh, other women and femcanics out there trying to find their way in the industry? The sky is the limit because if you allow anything or anybody to put a limitation there, then obviously there it's going to be an obstacle. But as long as you know, deliver the best you to every customer that comes in, then you're giving the best that you, that you can. And that's my main thing is always try to deliver the best you. Be yourself, and and you know just as long as it is you are doing that then either way, at least you know at the end of the day. That sound advice. And what about you, Yvette? What is your parting advice in a few sentences to women trying to find their way in this industry? I would say to the those women, don't let the fear stop you to what you want or what you want to learn. You can do everything you want. It's just have the purpose of learning you have uh, don't be for afraid of being a good mechanic because you have a lot of advantage over the man. Okay, you have a small hands. You can reach places where a regular man cannot reach. Beside that, be a woman on this industry. Also, open up other other um, challenges, and you cannot let anybody to stop you of what you want. And if you don't know, it's okay. Don't know. But what is not okay is to say, oh, no, because I, I don't know what I think. This is a no that you never can have. I don't let anything, uh, even my, my language, okay? Not even that, that cannot stop me. And also, you can serve the community of women because uh, on this industry, there's a lot of women that they go to a shop. They have connection with the other woman because they trust another woman. Not just a man, okay? You know how many times I used to go to shop, and the first thought that I say, "Oh, oh, this is a man. He will take advantage of me because I'm a woman." This is that typically the first thought, and it's good when you change that when you are able to get an industry and you change people's life and you serve the community. I get passionate is to know that I can serve different communities, it's not just the Anglo, also the Spanish, no, even Portuguese, when they come Portuguese, I understand, Italian, I understand, 
Why? Because uh, all those languages, they are Latin. They come up from the same root. So I'm able to communicate with them. And also, I feel satisfied also to serve and give you, uh, give my, you know, the, the people who hire me that say, well, I hired a person and it's not just one. She can be, she can talk to anyone. Okay. And if uh, they don't want to speak to me because my accent, guess what? I have Mr. Dan. I have Dan. Dan can help me, okay? He don't want to deal with me. It's okay. As long as I see your smile, it's okay. This is the, the, the attitude I get. I don't get upset, you know, over a customer. I think that is sound advice that both of you gave. And I want to thank both of you for being willing to hop on here, spend a little bit of time with me, and share some of your background and knowledge with the Femcanic community. So thank you so much for being willing to be on the Femcanic Garage podcast. The honor's been mine, truly. This is Kim Nagara. I'm an estimator at Nico Beach, Florida, and I'm Femcanic. My name is Yvette Delgado. I am an office manager, a slash lead estimator, and I'm from the Canic. Mi nombre es Yvette. Delgado, uh, soy estimadora y soy gerente de oficina y estoy en Femecanic. Brianna Lynch is in the driver's seat next. She is a professional stunt driver for the motion picture industry and builds drift cars. When she is not filming movies, she competes in drifting events. Brie is currently one of the youngest working female stunt drivers in the industry. She holds the record as the youngest woman to perform the Canon and Sidewinder stunts. Don't worry, I had to look those up too. And I have to admit, they are insane. Be sure to tune in to this heart-stopping episode. Until next time, Femcanics. Thanks for listening to the Femcanic Garage Podcast. You can find us on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter at Femcanic Garage. Check out our website, femcanicgarage.com, for swag and the transcribe for each episode. If you want to help grow this community, do me a favor and subscribe, rate, review, and most importantly, share this podcast. Spread the word. This is Jamie B. signing off. Are you a femcanic?